Mad Mike and the Wrestling Mayhem Show on Blog TV. All right, guys. Um, hey, John, Dan, Russell fan, how you guys doing? Um, well, as you may have noticed, I'm not Sorg, Doc Remedy, or DJ Lunchbox, and my boobs aren't quite big enough to be Veronica or Mayhem Missy. Um, basically, I'm gonna be running the show tonight because. Everyone else that you know and love on the Wrestling Mayhem show is go- is in Pittsburgh right now because that's where the SmackDown ECW tapings are, and they are all live in the arena. Um, all right, WrestleFan, uh, when you get back, though, we have to debate your uh, TNA email because I-, I figure that might be a little good point of conversation. Um, but, yeah, so I'm going to be going so... I read, I skimmed it a little bit. I'm gonna read it live and react to it afterwards. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be pretty much running the show tonight as best as I can run it. I don't know how long we're going to go or how interesting things may get because I tend to pull out props when I get bored. Uh, no, <laughs> for some reason, well, I have a talk shoe thing open, but for some reason my computer doesn't like the audio recording of TalkShoe. I'm not sure why. I spent all afternoon trying to set it up. Sorg was trying to help me through it, but it doesn't seem to work on my computer. So I'm recording through a separate program that, God willing, he can make something of it later. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> if you want to call in later when you don't have dinner, I, I have phones. We'll put it that way. If you, if you really want to call them, we can actually debate it. But, I mean, I can just talk to you in the chat room about it. Because I, I skimmed the email a little bit, and there's a few points I'd like to bring up about it. Because you do make some good points, but I feel I have some good points about it myself. But uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Okay. All right, that sounds good. But, um, so, yeah, how's everyone in the chat room doing tonight? We got Juggalo John. We got my friend Dan, who I think is leaving in a little bit. And we got Russell Fan, who's just heading out to dinner right now. Um, okay, so, um, Raw last night was pretty interesting, to say the least. I don't know how many of you caught, um, the Mayhem, the Bronx Victim Unit of Raw, but I don't think the show entertained us as much as we entertained ourselves. The show seemed to be kind of, kind of waning a little bit. Um, hold on, let me just bring up the... Raw results here, so I can mention all of the happenings going on. Um, but while I do that, I want to talk a little bit of IWC news because something major happened over the past couple weeks. Uh, Dennis Gregory was stripped of the IWC title, and um, I'm pretty sure this happened at Newville Knockout, uh, where he attacked Chuck Roberts and he attacked Norm Connors, and Norm stripped Dennis Gregory of the IWC title. And over the next couple months, they're going to have a tournament. And, um, basically, they're going to have a tournament with seating and everything like that. Um, it should be pretty interesting. I think the people that are going to be in the tournament, at least four of them so far, I don't know how many people are going to be in the tournament itself, but Dance Gregory's in it. Um, Ray Rowe. Uh, let's see, Ricky Reyes and the fabulous John McChesney. I believe those are those are definitely four men in the tournament. I don't know how many others are going to be in it, but 
Um, there is some sort of, um, whatchamacallit, <laughs> there is, um, going to be some sort of tournament over the next couple of months. Now, um, it's kind of interesting that they had Gregory get stripped of it because I, I like, I like the direction they're going with it and it makes Gregory seem all the more stronger if he comes back and actually reclaims the title. I don't think he will, but it'd be very interesting. Now, alright, I got the raw results up from last night. Um, actually, I should start with the biggest news. John Cena, injured, on the shelf, gone. Um, yeah, Mike Adamley came out, and at first I thought this was a work. I thought uh, that they were just going to explain why Cena was filming another movie. But it appears to be legit. I mean, WWE's reporting it. Other websites are reporting it. So, unless everyone's bought into a lie, John Cena did legitimately get some herniated discs. And, um, <laughs> he is out of the egg salad scramble championship match, whatever you want to call it. But he is done. He's not going to be at Unforgiven. And he is not going to be on WWE programming for a very long time. Um, now, from what I've heard, um, yes, I'm getting to that, Dan. God damn it. Stop blowing up my spot. Um, from what I've heard, that uh, the prognosis on Cena's timetable was very good, a lot better than they expected. Um, they're saying that Cena will be back in two to four months. But me personally, I kind of hope they wait a little bit longer so that Cena doesn't um, rehab too hard and come back too early. Because I think, I mean, this is just me, I think he might have come back a little bit too early from his last injury, which might have been why he's injured again already. I think they should take their time with Cena getting back because, like him or not, he is one of the biggest things going on the rest in wrestling today. I mean, the man sells a lot of merch. He works, he's a workhorse, he works like a mule, one of the best, not workers in the business, but he puts he puts in the most effort in the business, I'd say. Um, and the kids love him. And if WWE is pushing the whole kid factor, which they seem to be doing with the new magazine, lowering the rating of SmackDown, all that sort of stuff, um, they need John Cena. They need a healthy, happy John Cena. Now, me personally, what I would do with him is I'd wait until the Rumble, which is past the two to four months or whatever, and I'd have him return as a heel. And have him start cutting down guys with his wraps and everything, getting him back to where he was in, like, 2003, 2004. Because that's when work rate didn't really matter to him. Like, he's still, like, John Cena... Just about everyone was a fan of John Cena when he was going up against Brock Lesnar, when he was going up against The Undertaker, when he was going up against Big Show, Kurt Angle, guys like that, where he was actually coming to the ring, showing what he can do on a microphone, running motherfuckers down, and then just going balls out on them. I mean, his moves stayed the same. Nothing really changed with his moveset. It's just we liked him better because we ha he had more of a character. I think you can do that again now that he's injured. You can reboot him. Excuse me, build him as a mega heel. Have him come into the Rumble, 
get eliminated by Dave Batista. And then, just like Kurt Angle did to Shawn Michaels, Cena runs back in the ring, tosses Batista over the top rope, beats the ever-living fuck out of him, then grabs a mic and cuts a huge freestyle on him, just running him down while the rumble's going on. I think it'd be a really... Because it would show that Cena is back and he's not to be fucked with. And I think that's a lot of what his character has been missing. But, I mean, that's just me. That's how I book it. Of course WWE is not going to do this. Because that would make too much sense. They're probably going to come... He's going to come back. He's going to be put in a title match at the Rumble. He's probably going to be, God willing, CM Punk. If CM Punk lasts till the Rumble, I'll be shocked. But he's going to beat the champion... Batista's going to win the Rumble, or Batista's going to win something to get a title shot, and it's going to be Batista and Cena at Mania for the belt. But they could build it a little bit better where it actually makes a little bit more sense. Exactly. Exactly, that's what I'm saying, Dan. Uh, Dan's basically saying that Cena can't be stuck with this gimmick forever because right now he doesn't really have a gimmick. Well, you can keep a character the same forever. You can tweak it, but you can keep it the same. I mean, look at The Undertaker, for God's sakes. The Undertaker tried changing his gimmick, and it failed miserably. I mean, the the American Badass, it was fun with the Chopper, the Last Ride, the Red Devil, Booger Red, whatever JR fucking called him. But, I mean, come on. The Undertaker is The Undertaker. If he stays the American Badass, he wouldn't have the longevity he does. The good thing about the Undertaker is that he can just be, like, killed, quote-unquote, or buried alive, or put in a cement case, or some shit like that. And he can always come back. That's, that's, one, of the, that's one of the beauty things about the Undertaker. He is the Madonna of the WWF. WWE, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I think Cena... I think WWE should use this to their advantage as much as they can do that. Because Cena's merch is still going to sell, regardless of whether he's a heel or a face. Because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when Cena was a heel, I bought a Word Life t-shirt. Maybe that's just me. Everyone loved the Word Life t-shirt, you know, the basic thugonomics, all shit like that. And Cena's still going to sell merch. And kids may even still cheer him, I doubt it. And... Yeah, exactly, Dan. He is better as a heel. He's got the mic work to be a heel. I mean, faces, they don't need to be good on the mic. They don't. I mean, it helps. But if you're a face, you do not need to be good on the mic. Look at Batista. Case in point. Batista is a terrific face. <laughs> See, now I'm better than you, sir. Um... Batista is a much better face than he is a heel. I think he even knows that. As much as he would not like to admit it. But Batista is a badass face that he can just go out there, beat a motherfucker up, and have people cheer him. John Cena can do that too, but Cena has drawn a little bit more hatred from the... Yes, exactly, Dan. Mysterio is also a good example of a face who's not great on the mic. I mean, Mysterio, we all love his matches. He's a great worker, he's a great talent, but... I mean, he sounds like a three-year-old girl! You know, it doesn't really work as well. 
I'm sorry, I'm also getting IMs because it's the Yankees-Red Sox game, and my fucking Yankees are losing. Ugh, never mind. Anyway, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Raw last night. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, yeah, God forbid that ever happens on the Wrestling Mayhem show. Um, uh, they opened up with the world champion, ironically, and, um, Punk got yet another win over JBL, which is kind of a good thing. And, um, I mean, the way Punk got the win, I don't know if I necessarily liked it. Um, JBL got frustrated, he hit the clothesline from Wall Street, which is now what I'm calling it, by the way. Um, he hit the clothesline, and Punk kicked out, you know, the whole pay-per-view kick out of everyone's furniture, whatever. And he went outside to grab a chair. The ref actually being re proactive, took the chair from JBL. JBL got all pissed off. And as soon as he turned around, him and his man tits and his fake tanner went up and got put to sleep by the champ. Fuck off, Dan. Uh, but yeah, uh, so Punk got a nice, another nice win over JBL, which was good. I mean, it gives Punk a little bit more momentum in the in the uh, championship scramble match, which he needs. But the only problem with that is every single time Punk pulls out a win, Michael Cole's like, and CM Punk squeaks out another win when he didn't, in fact, squeak it out. He just basically beat JBL. I mean, if if John Cena had won in the same exact fashion, like, no, no, I'll get to that, sir. Um, if John Cena had won in the same exact fashion, where the ref pulls the chair away, JBL spins around, gets right into an FU, there wouldn't be any John Cena just squeaked out a win. There wouldn't be that. They need to stop doing that with CM Punk. CM Punk is not a champion that should be squeaking out. It didn't work for Jericho. It didn't work for Rey Mysterio. It's not going to work for CM Punk. Now, alright, Dan's saying that they need to add something to the championship scra scramble, like a stipulation or something. Right now, that match is as stipulated as they should make it. And besides, you're already going to have a very violent gimmick match with Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho, which I'll get to later. But, um... Yeah, so what? There are three of them. It doesn't matter that there are three scramble matches. The scramble match itself is enough of a gimmick. That's part of TNA's problem that I'll get into later. They gimmick a gimmick match. You can't gimmick a gimmick. It doesn't work. You can't have, like, TLC in a cage. You can't do that. Like, you can't hang the belt above the hell in the cell, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but... As far as the, the Raw Championship Scramble match, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny because Mike Amley said that he would have a suitable replacement for John Cena. Um, and they said that they would be announcing it at the end of the night, which was funny because in, in the previews, in the little promo cuts for the actual pay-per-view, they showed who the replacement was going to be before it was announced, I think. And that replacement is Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone just as injury prone. Someone who's probably not ready to be in the main event scene at this point. 
At least he didn't look like it in that one return match. But, um... I don't know why they're going with Rey Mysterio. I mean, I know why, because of the whole Kane and Batista thing. But, the fact is, we don't even know what's really happened to Rey Mysterio. So I don't really know why Mike Adamley is, um... I don't know why Mike Adamley is really putting Rey Mysterio in a match when... The last time we heard of Rey Mysterio, Kane said he had been burned and scarred beyond all recognition. Now, to me, that's not someone you put in a title match. And another thing about the Raw Championship Scramble, I'm going to get to that, because I have a theory about that that I heard from another podcast, so I'm going to blatantly rip off. Um, another thing that bothers me about the Raw Scramble match, no one's had to earn their spot into the match. Um, basically the Raw Scramble match, Adam Lee just said who was in it. There were no actual qualifying matches for it or anything like that. Which I think is really kind of lame, especially since the same night that they announced who was in the championship scramble, Punk got beat by Jericho. And Jericho was not in the match. Now I think we all know why Jericho isn't in the match, because he was going to have something to do with Shawn Michaels. But the fact that he's not in it kind of devalues the people in the scramble a little bit. Um, but anyway, I'm getting off topic. Um, my theory about Mike Adamley is something I, something I heard on a different, on a different podcast and it seems to make a lot of sense. Um, they're trying to portray Adamley as being someone like in TNA. Like, he doesn't know it. Yes, it's someone else's theory. Fuck off, alright? I'm presenting it as my own because I'm putting a different spin on it. You have a problem with that? Sue me. Um, it's basically that... Uh, a lot of the... Um, like, a lot of people are saying that Adam Lee is supposed to be re representing TNA with his with his booking style because he doesn't really know anything about the wrestlers. He messes up people's names. He comes out with ridiculous gimmick matches and all things like that. I think it's eventually going to... Like, I don't think Adam Lee's going to be permanent. I think it's just a time waster until Vince McMahon or someone, go, or someone else like that comes back. Or maybe even Eric Bischoff or Paul Heyman. But... That's thinking a little too far in advance. But, um, alright, so anyway. So, uh, back to Raw. Um, let's see, we also had, um, Crime Time. Crime Time is finally getting their tag team title shot that they earned back in New Year's Revolution 2007. Which is fabulous. Everyone loves Crime Time. Like, Crime Time is probably one of the most over-tag teams since the Hardy Boys, I'd say. Because every time they come out, every time you hear the yo, 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 everyone is on their feet, cheering, going money, money, yeah, yeah, that money, money, yeah, yeah. And 
Actually, that gimmick works pretty well with the whole priceless tag team. As um, they were talking about, they had their little back and forth last night. Where DiBiase kept saying they're priceless, and Crime Time insists that it's all about the money. Which is kind of an interesting dynamic, which I'm surprised WWE actually went with. But it's good, so it looks like an Unforgiven. There's actually going to be a legitimate tag team title match with two established tag teams. And I don't think that's happened in five years. But, um... Anyway, it's finally good that they're actually capitalizing on A, Crime Time stealing something, and B, two actual tag teams. <coughs> and they're not wasting it on Raw either. So, I guess in the two weeks up to Unforgiven, we're going to be seeing Ted DiBiase for Shad and Cody Rhodes for JTG. Just guessing. I'm throwing it out there. But, um, another thing they had on, uh, <laughs> on, on Raw was the debut of Charlito. Yes, not Carlito, but. Charlito. Now, um, they had Eddie Cologne do uh, do a little a little thing before before him, where he was talking about his brother Carlito, and them saying he's saying they're nothing alike, and you know, kind of building a rivalry of sorts, but just saying that he's not Carlito, i.e., he may actually get a push. Um. And so, right after that, they had Carlito's theme music hit. And out comes Charlie Haas in an Afro wig. And, um, so it was basically Charlie Haas versus, um, versus, uh, Eddie Cologne. Which, I mean, it was, it was a decent match. It was a decent match. I'd like to see Eddie Cologne stop trying too hard, I think. He was doing a lot of flip back and forth, all, all stuff like that, and I think he needs to focus on actually, like, learning how to put a match together, especially with Charlie Haas, who's a really good technician. But, I think if this is something they're going to do with Charlie Haas, where, um, he comes out and impersonates different people, that could potentially be a really good thing. I, I would like to see where that goes because Charlie Haas is too talented to not be used on TV all the time. But, um... Um... Yeah, so... Uh, otherwise on Raw, we had... Glamorella... Uh, Beth Phoenix and Santino, they both had matches. Beth's was non-title, Santino's was a title match. Um, what happened was, Beth Phoenix was fighting Kelly Kelly. And Kelly looked better in the ring. I wouldn't say she's there yet, I wouldn't even say she's close. But, she did look better, but she needs to work on not being so sloppy. Because, she almost broke the nose of Beth Phoenix. Uh, Beth took a pretty good shot in the face from Kelly with a boot, and, well, let's just say 
Beth got a little angry because she started being a little bit stiffer with Kelly, I think. Because Beth definitely had a bloody nose from it. And, I mean, it actually turned into a, a damn decent match. I have to say that working a little bit stiffer with someone who's already sloppy as hell is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. DDP reference. Um, but, yeah, the Beth Phoenix Kelly Kelly match was a lot better than it probably looked on paper. I think Beth wanted to make it better just because she got busted open and she was a little pissed off about it. And um, the finish of the match came when Kelly was going for a, uh, a reverse flipping gymnast move type thing that basically any diva has tried at least once before. I think it was Tori Wilson's old move. Uh, I think Molly Holly also used it. Um, but yeah, basically, um, Santino came out, he pulled, he pulled, um, uh, Beth out of the way, and Beth was looking at him like, why is he interfering in a match, and all that, and then, um, while they were arguing, Kelly got a quick roll-up, which is good. It's a very good thing they did that, because it establishes Kelly Kelly a little bit more. Especially since the first time Beth Phoenix was the champion, they ran into the problem that TNA ran into with Kong. Beth looked way too dominant against every single diva on the roster. And they need to kind of... They need to kind of change that a little bit, where Beth is still looked at as a dominant figure, because A, she's the most physically imposing of the divas... And two, she's the champion. But, um... Kelly getting a quick... Oh, hold on. I think we may have a caller here. Hello! Hello, sir! Hello, DJ Lunchbox! You are on the Wrestling Mayhem Show! Well, hey, yes, I'm on the Wrestling Mayhem Show. The finest podcast anywhere on any of the internet. Of course! Why wouldn't it be? That's correct. And ladies and gentlemen, we are reporting to you live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Mellon Arena. ECW is currently occurring in the future. That's right, I said it. <laughs> did, did you okay. have to take a trip in a DeLorean to see ECW? What's that? Did you have to take a trip in a DeLorean to see ECW in the future? Yes, yes. 88 miles an hour, and we did not need roads, my friend. Now, now, was it 1.21 gigawatts, or were you able to use less power? Uh, well, I, I got the, the Mr. Uh, Mr. Recycle to clean the garbage thing. Um, I cleaned out my car, stuffed it into my engine, and here we are in the future. Excellent. Excellent, sir. Uh, no, i got to say, it's not a bad show so far. Um, we're, I'm going to put this out there right now. This is a scoop, ladies and gentlemen. This is a scoop live here, right here. Exclusive on the Wrestling Mayhem Show, Jamie Noble suffered a, uh, a remarkable injury. Oh, 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 Ricky Ortiz just won that. Nobody gives a shit. Uh, Jamie Noble in a dark match against, uh, what was that name? Mike Yeager. Mike Yeager. Uh, the guy who wasn't in the Spirit Squad. The guy who wasn't in the Spirit Squad. Uh, he suffered a, a really bad injury, landed on a head and neck. 
or uh, Jackie's shoulders, rather, and uh, he, he had to be helped out of the ring. It was, uh, it was real bad news. So, uh, are you there, sir? Are you yeah, there? I'm here. I have to put the phone up to the uh, microphone so, so the rest of the people can hear the spoilers and the are orbs. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, so you're saying Jamie Noble suffered suffered a hurt? Apparently, we've lost the lunchbox. Well, I'm sure we'll probably be getting a, a couple calls in from the rest of the guys later tonight. Um, but live live reports from the Wrestling Mayhem show. That's how we do it. Even if you guys could or could not hear that, I think my speakers are okay, but. No one answered me in the chat room, so I'm I'm going to assume everyone heard it and heard it fine and heard the magic. Um, so anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yes, the um, oh you heard it, John? Good, excellent, rock on. Okay, so I know that works now, so I can text Sorg later and tell him to call in and tell everyone else to call in too. Um, good. Uh, so yeah, I was talking about the Santino and Beth thing. Um, so it was good. They they showed a lot of tension between Santino and Beth, and um, Santino tried apologizing repeatedly, and then Beth beat the shit out of him, which is is fun. Um, it's always fun watching Santino get his ass kicked, especially when he's trying to work his way out of a situation. But um, yeah, it was really. And then later in the night. Uh, Santino had his title match against uh, Mr. Bo-Bo-Bo, Kofi Kingston. Now, um, Kofi was basically kicking his ass. At least, you know, as much as you can kick Santino's ass. And um, Beth Phoenix came down to the ring, and <laughs> I'm... I'm still not exactly sure where they're going with this yet, but Beth helped Santino keep his title. Now, they could be going one or two ways with it. Um, they, they could just... That's what I'm thinking, Dan. I'll get to that. Um, they could just be have like doing the little lover spat thing, and then they make up later, which Beth like grabbing Santino's head and and making out with him was kind of hot-ish, I guess. But what I think they're going to do with it is I think Beth wants that Intercontinental title. Because technically she was the one who won at SummerSlam in the winner-take-all match. So why would Santino get the Intercontinental title if it was winner-take-all? I was hoping they would do that SummerSlam, but you know, if they're actually going to make a little mini-feud out of this, I, I kind of like that even better. And have Beth actually say that she wants the Intercontinental title and she wants to be a double champion. And then, you know Santino, he'll say, well, if you want to be double champion, I want to be double champion too. So, they could do a title versus title match in Unforgiven with Santino versus Beth. And I think, no, come on, that'd be priceless. That would be absolutely hilarious if Santino was the women's champion. 
I think Santino is the only guy legitimately on the roster that can pull off that. How do I almost have the universe, sir? Never mind, you can't see shit anyway. Um, but moving along to the, um, well, it was it was really interesting what they did with the Shawn Michaels Jericho feud. Um, Shawn came to the ring, and he he was very serious Shawn Michaels mode, which I'm not exactly a huge fan of all the time, especially how much he's been doing it lately, but um, he he basically said that he wanted Chris Jericho for a match, and he wanted to do it in the ring, because in the ring, legally, there's no limit to stopping him from what he can do. Now, maybe it's a little bit overboard. Hey, look, ladies and gentlemen, Nikki Knockers, a.k.a. V-Ron is in the chat room. How you doing, young dear? Alright. So, um, anyway, um, uh, where was I? I got distracted by Veronica. Um, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels, that's right. <laughs> yes, I do, dear, yes, I do. Um, Shawn Michaels basically said that there was Nothing he couldn't do, in nothing that would stop him from doing what he wanted to do with Chris Jericho inside the ring, as opposed to just, I guess, beating him up on the street. Um, I don't know if I necessarily like that route, because if, realistically, you're that mad at someone, instead of hitting them with a folding chair, you're gonna stab them. I don't think they're going to go that route, but um, I guess to set up the unsanctioned match at Unforgiven, it's a good way to go with it. Um, but Jericho came on um, on the Titan Tron because he wasn't live in the studio. Yes, the Jesus Cena route, basically stabbing him in a nightclub. Uh, no, but Jericho came on, and he was very John Bon Jericho-ish. He was very serious. And, see, Jericho can pull off the serious thing, I think. I don't know. I don't like Shawn Michaels doing it as much. Just because, I don't know. You see, like, it just doesn't work as well for Shawn as it does for Jericho, I think. But, so, they're going to have an unsanctioned match, and I'm forgiven. Which, I expect to be full, like, it... It should, theoretically, be the blow-off match. I don't exactly know where you go from there, because they're both still going to be on the um, on Raw, unless that changes. I don't see how it could change. And um, just sidebar, welcome to Jenny of, 30, of 37roses.com in the chat room. But um, I don't see where they can go after... Like, with either guy, after the Jericho Michaels thing. <laughs> yeah, sadly, Je sadly, Dan, that's probably right. Um, Dan was saying that they'll probably just ignore each other and wait for everyone to forget about it. Which could theoretically happen. Or Shawn Michaels could beat the crap out of Jericho and just stay retired for a while. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. He could stay until his injuries heal. 
I guess that is a way to go with it. That's a good point. Um, but, I mean, I'd like to see Sean go over to SmackDown. Maybe that's just me. Um, Sean going to SmackDown would be interesting. He could interact with Triple H again. He could have... He could rekindle some things with Shelton Benjamin. Uh, he could finally have a one-on-one -on -one with Jeff Hardy or Mr. Kennedy. But, you know... There's a whole bunch of stuff they could do. Although, like Dan said, they'll probably just end up staying on the same brand when Sean comes back and just always have that the the angry stare at each other. Um, but yeah, moving along to the main event. Uh, the main event, I'm not sure exactly why this was the main event, but it was the main event. <laughs> the Big Red Machine versus Batista. And, um... For some reason, I'm not sure why, but they booked this as a chain wrestling match. Um, a lot of rest holds, a lot of chain action between two seven foot, three hundred pound guys. I don't personally get it. I don't think it worked. Exactly. Two. Well, no. Kane can. I think Batista really can't, but I think Kane can wrestle that style if he really wants to. Because he, he had a good feud of Kurt Angle back in the day. They had a good WrestleMania match where Kane actually chained a little bit, and it looked good. But then again, it was with Kurt fucking Angle. Um, but yeah, so the ending of the match came when uh, Kane tried to injure Batista. So they're going the whole... Kane against the, the team of Batista and Ray Angle. Which, I guess it works. I mean, uh, it's not my personal favorite way of going it with it, but what are you going to do? Um, now, um, going back in time, in my personal DeLorean, um, about SmackDown. Now, I'm sure you've heard by now, SmackDown also has a championship scramble match. Um... SmackDown, the way they did their last show, I feel was one of the best shows that SmackDown's had in a very long time. Well, not very long time, because SmackDown's been very consistently good wrestling-wise after the draft. But considering it was a show without Edge, and basically without Triple H, like Triple H was in it for a little bit, but um, it was a really, really solid show. Um... It was full of championship qualifier matches, and let's see, the um, the people who made it into the scramble match, I'm not going to get into the whole qualifier match or anything like that, I'm just going to talk about the match itself. Um, you got MVP, excellent choice, Jeff Hardy, excellent choice, uh, Shelton Benjamin, another excellent choice, and... Um, Oh, fuck, who's the other guy? Um, no, no, not him. The other one. Who is the other one? Um, there's one more guy who's in it. Who, who's the other one? Oh, right, it's only five guys. It's only five guys. Sorry about that. Um... 
Triple H is obviously in it because he's the champion. And the last guy in it is the Brian Kendrick. Now, um, first of all, I think every guy that's in this match is going to make this the best match on the card. Just because they're all very solid workers. They all bring really different styles to the match. And um, they all want to show that SmackDown is now the A-show. Which I personally think it is. Um, get another beer, Van Veronica. Get another beer. Trust me. It's a mayhem show someone has to drink. Um, but the very fact that... Well, then you have to come up here. I have plenty of beer. Um, the fact that the Brian Kendrick is in the championship scramble match really kind of um, gives the match a different flavor a little bit. Because they could have just easily put Big Show in, and theoretically they still could put Big Show in this match. But um, Brian Kendrick being in the match kind of shows a lot of people that Vince isn't afraid to put the ball in the hands of a younger guy like that. I mean, that's, uh, yes, that does always work. 70% of the time it works every time. Um, but it's, it's giving a young guy a chance to really do something with himself. Especially, like, when we all saw the draft, we were, we were all shocked that they split up London and Kendrick. And we were all very pissed off that they split up London and Kendrick. But it looks like, at least for Brian Kendrick's sake, that this draft could be the best thing that ever happened to his career. I mean, they gave him a new gimmick, very Shawn Michaels-esque. They gave him a bodyguard, who, I'm sorry, Zeke is fucking awesome. Zeke is all forms of win. He's a big black guy, he doesn't talk. He looks powerful enough. He looks like he might even be able to work. Heaven forfend, the big guy will be able to work. But it's very Shawn Michaels Diesel-ish, which is a good way to go, especially because Brian Kendrick has a lot of charisma. I mean, we knew Kendrick had, um... <laughs> we knew Kendrick had a lot of charisma when he came out as Spanky when he debuted on SmackDown, but now he's actually getting a chance to show it again instead of just being... Um, a job around Raw to all the big guys. Now, I think that the only reason Kendrick got in the match was because Umaga and Kennedy are injured. But, you know, if, if that's the reason, then so be it. And, um, it should be a really good match. It's actually... Probably one of the reasons I'm going to end up buying this pay-per-view. Or at least watching it somehow, some way, legally or not. Um, exactly. Uh -huh. But, um, yeah, so the only thing I didn't like about the championship scramble match is, for some reason, on SmackDown, no one qualified cleanly. I don't know if that's... Hold on a second. I don't know if that's because it's the Triple H title match. I don't think that's the reason, but I hope that's not the reason. Um, but, yeah, for some reason, 
they didn't want anyone qualifying cleanly on it. Um, I mean, look, well, let's write it down. Uh, MVP won after, actually, MVP MVP's way of winning was actually very heel-like and it worked, but it still wasn't clean. Um, he was fighting against Festus, and uh, they were fighting on the outside. The ref was counting. MVP kicked Jesse in the head with the drive-by kick, rolled in the ring, and won by countout. Then when the bell rang, Festus went back to being retarded, and MVP kicked him in the face again. Which, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, Kendrick. Kendrick was in a battle royal that did not involve the big show, which kind of makes me think that he may be in the scramble match when all is said and done. But, um, actually, Dan, the, the Miz and Morrison did that. They did that once. Um, it took a while for them to incorporate that gimmick in, but I, it was the Miz and Morrison or the Edgeheads. One of them, one of those two teams did. But anyway, back to the Battle Royal. Um, Big Show was angry he wasn't in there. So first, everyone in the, everyone in the ring ganged up on Kozlov and eliminated him. So... Big Show and Kozlov didn't cross paths because then Big Show just ran in. He cleaned house. He threw everyone over the top rope. The only thing is, when he threw Kendrick over the top rope, Zeke caught him. Kendrick's feet never hit the floor. Big Show stepped over the rope, left, and Zeke rolled Brian Kendrick back in the ring, and Brian Kendrick was declared the winner. Very, very creative way of doing it. I liked it a lot. Um, but what happened later didn't really need to happen. Um, well, uh, Shelton, uh, oh, and Shelton won um, after interference from Michael Q. Knoxville. Uh, no, Coolio, I'm actually talking about uh, this past week's SmackDown. Yeah, talking about uh, SmackDown last week and the qualifiers for the championship Scrabble match. Thanks, sir. Um, but yeah, Shelton Benjamin won after Mike Knox interfered, attacked Finley behind the ref's back, Shelton got the win, and Jeff Hardy got the win because, again, a ref diversion, and Triple H smashed Kali in the head with a steel chair. I don't think Jeff needed that. In fact, I would prefer it if Jeff actually beat Kali, like on his own. But, um, what are you going to do? I mean, no one from the scramble match qualified cleanly, and I guess they're going to have to just roll with it. But, um, so, huh. yes, exactly, Dan. God forbid anyone do anything without Triple H's help. Really, that is phenomenal, Crunch Bar, and ta-ta. Anyways... Um, so moving along with the, um, the actual quality of the scramble match, it's going to be good. Now, um, I don't know if you guys are actually going to watch ECW tonight. By the looks of this Yankees-Red Sox game, I'll probably be watching ECW tonight. Um, but, <laughs> well, I can tell, ECW is also going to have a scramble match. Now, ECW scramble match... I agree with half the people who are in it, and the other half 
Well, I really don't, because the other half sucks. Um, these are spoilers for ECW, so if you don't want to hear that, I mean, by the time you listen to the show, if you're not live, you're pretty much going to see an ECW already anyway. But just in case, these are spoilers. Woo! With the orbs. Um, the guys that are going to be in the ECW scramble match are Mark Henry, obviously, he's the champion. Matt Hardy, very good pick. The Miz, very good pick, despite what some people think. Finley, uh, Finley's a good worker. I don't know if I like him in this match. And Chavo, fucking Guerrero. Yeah, Chavo Guerrero. Now, Chavo hasn't been established on ECW for well over a month because he's been babysitting Edge and Vicky. Um, Chavo's reign as ECW champion wasn't even that good. And as of right now, the only... like I, Chavo does not belong in that match. And I don't think Finley belongs in that match either. Finley's a good worker and he'll make the, he'll make the match go well. He'll make it flow. But... If I had my druthers, exactly, exactly, Dan, that's the point. John Morrison should be in that match. John Morrison is probably one of the best workers that they have, definitely in ECW, maybe even in the company right now. The man has charisma. He gets the women going wild. Am I right, Veronica? And, um... Him and Miz in there would create an interesting dynamic for the um, for the scramble match itself. Um, because if you put an actual tag team in there, but guys who have had friction before, it adds a little bit of a more interesting dynamic and it puts a lot of the pressure off of Mark Henry. But I guess, I mean, if I had my way, Matt Hardy would be the only face in the match, and you really can't have that. Um, maybe even put in Evan Bourne, who was who Chavo Guerrero beat. Um, yeah, and no, no Tommy Dreamer either. See, I mean, you could have put in Evan Bourne and Dreamer, and if it were me, I'd just have a six-man scramble for ECW, because you want to get as much of that roster exposure as possible. Chavo already has exposure. He doesn't need it. But guys like Evan Bourne, uh, Tommy Dreamer, Miz, Morrison, they need all the TV time they can get. Hell, you can even, God forbid, have two ECW matches on pay-per-view. Put Finley and Mike Knox on the pay-per-view in Extreme Rules match. Yeah, I know, I'm using too much logic for WWE booking. I don't know why I'm doing it, but what the fuck, I'm a dreamer. Um... So you have two ECW matches on a pay-per-view then. You have Finley vs. Knox in an Extreme Rules match. Then you have the scramble with Mark Henry, Matt Hardy, Miz, Morrison, Nevin Bourne. Or Tommy Dreamer. One or the other. They're interchangeable. Hell, I would have said put Colin Delaney in, but of course they had to fire Colin Delaney. Um, but, yeah, so the ECW scramble match, it's probably going to suck. But it's an easy way to get the title off of Mark Henry. 
not to not to say that I think Mark Henry has been the ba- bad champion because he hasn't. Mark Henry has been a tremendous champion. I think. Um, I don't think he needed the mouthpiece of Tony Atlas, but it does help. It gives him a little bit more credibility as the world's strongest man, since that's what Tony Atlas used to go as. And they can both talk, too. They can bounce off each other, and that helps everything a lot. Especially when they're put into a dirt sheet with Miz and Morrison. Or even put against Matt Hardy, who's not the greatest talker in the world, but he can hold his own, I guess. Um, But, I mean, what are you going to do? The ECW title scramble is what it is. And with... You got solid guys in there like Finley, and Miz is getting to be solid. Matt Hardy's a pretty good worker, so it'll probably be a decent match. It's just not the people who I would have booked in it. Um, moving along from WWE into a little bit of a rumor that may very quickly become fact. Um, Mick Foley, Mick, Mick, Mick Foley, jolly old St. Mickles may be coming to TNA. Now, um, this is a rumor I heard one of my wrestling websites that, um, the plan to have Mick Foley not at SummerSlam was entirely Vince McMahon's decision because they said they wanted to, um, go forth without Foley, which I don't really understand Foley and Jim Ross were just starting to click as an announced team. But I guess what you're going to do, Foley didn't like the fact that Vince kept screaming in his ear or what have you. So Foley has decided to let his contract run out, which is in T-minus five days. Foley's contract ends in August. And, um... Apparently, there are rumors going around that people, that the merchandise people in TNA are already being told to come up with McFoley t-shirts and, and things of that nature. Um, as much as I love McFoley, and believe me, I do, he should not go to TNA. He should not, repeat, not go to TNA. If Foley wants to do something, he should go to ROH. ROH, I think, could use Foley a little bit better than TNA could, despite the lack of TV time. And Foley wouldn't have to travel, even though he was traveling anyway. Foley could just do the shows that are around his area, or if he felt like going down to Pennsylvania or what have you. Because ROH doesn't travel that much. I think the furthest they go is Chicago. But, um, fully, I think it's better suited in ROH. Yeah, alright. They went They went to England once. That, that's pretty much it. But, fuck, TNA's been there. So what does that tell you? <coughs> uh, but, I mean, so I guess fully is gonna be leaving WWE. Um, I also think it's kind of a stupid move for Foley just for himself because does he really want to jeopardize getting into the Hall of Fame by switching over to TNA? Now see, Dan, 
That. That, my friend, is a good idea that I didn't think of. Um, Dan was saying have him replace Don West. Now, if they bring Foley in as an announcer and not have him do any angles, I actually, I actually kind of like that idea. Because TNA, I swear to God, um, you really can't watch that program with sound. It, I mean, it sounds horrible to say, but you get to a point where you just cannot watch TNA by listening to it. Um, yeah, I know, TNA will find a way to fuck it up, of course. They'll, they'll probably have Foley come in and tell Abyss to use weapons again. <laughs> or something like that. Uh, hold on a sec, I believe we have a call. Hello, caller, you're on the air. We are on the air. I am on the air. You are on the Wrestling Mayhem Show, sir. I am? Am I on the Wrestling Mayhem Show? You're on the Wrestling Mayhem Show. Nice. I'm not hard here on the smoke for GCW just finished off with a great eight-man tag. You guys are going to love that next week. And uh, Lunchbox is here, and I ran into one King Frown. Say what's up, man. Yo, what's up? This is King Frown. Keep it rocking on the Mayhem Show. He's excited, folks. This this is crazy, Sword. You have a mayhem show going on in Mellon Arena, don't you? Pretty much. Uh, Doc Lemony just assaulted me in the Iowa. I can't believe he found me. He's like three sections of, like down from us. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of fun so far. We're up in the newsbleed. Apparently uh, the tickets they gave us were in the turned off section. Doesn't want to be big sold shit tonight. Oh, that's unfortunate. Well, we know someone who has school in the morning, but is still happily being there and showing her pride. Yeah, you know. And uh, Veronica well, how, says how they were free, so shut your filthy you, mouth. You still bringing the, the mayhem, the bad mayhem, sir? Um, it appears to be going well so far. And uh, Veronica says they were free, so shut your filthy mouth. Veronica in the chat room says that the tickets were free, so she said to shut your filthy mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm not, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just giving an idea. I, I'm, ju- I'm just being a messenger here, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I'm losing them again. Uh, we still hear you fine over here, sir. Excellent. Get some for me. All right, man. Later. All right. Bye. And that was Sorgatron of the Wrestling Mayhem Show. And um, let's see. What were we talking about? Ah, yes. Mick Foley. Um, Yeah, but if Foley does indeed go to TNA, um, I'll ask ask when they call again, uh, V-Run, because I'm sure... I'll probably get at least five or six more calls, you know, by the by the time the night's over. Juggalo Jamie is in the chat room. How are you doing tonight, sir? 
send me your fucking email, because I have the Mayhem MySpace account, and I'm going to get to emails. Holy fuck, have I been talking for an hour already. Wow. Okay, time flies. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, basically, to sum it all up, Mick Foley to TNA, bad idea. It's a bad idea all around. I think it's bad through TNA standards. Because then, A, that's another former WWE guy that they're relying on for ratings. Um, two, it's another guy that's probably going to, not to say if Foley's unwilling to compromise, but he might not bring, excuse me, as much to the table as he thinks he could. But, um, three, they need to sort out their own problems, as it is. Um, I, I mean, I just think that they should really focus on that. Exactly. Like Don West. If, But then again, if they brought him for Foley as a three-man announced team, I'd actually be okay with that. That's the only position I want to see Foley in. Unless they just put him in creative. If they just put him as a creative role, like behind the scenes, that might work. Because Foley is a damn creative guy, and we all know this. Oh, hold on a second. Looks like we're getting another call. Hello, DJ Lunchbox. Hello, Mad Mike. How are you doing, sir? You're once again on the air. I believe we were the victims of a bad connection earlier. Yes, I, it appears so. Is, is it better now? It's better now, yes. Excellent. So, so um... How's the show plugging along? Um, I've been talking for an hour and I just realized it. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. We, put it, we put it in the best possible hands. The hands of the Mad Mike. Well, you know, these hands hold mountains, moves earths, and please women. So, you know. <laughs> Very nice. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure Stormy, you guys know they're swapping out for a SmackDown right now, so I took the opportunity to go out and have a, uh, a quick smoke. Excellent. Wait, are you smoking? Quick smoke. We're running, we're running into some people we know, doing a little bullshitting. Yeah, I heard King Frown was over King there. Frown. Have you run into Edge? I heard Edge was lurking in the crowd somewhere. Yeah, uh, I actually uh, I operated as Edge's bodyguard. I had a clear path we could get through. Um, so good guy, good guy that Edge. Excellent, excellent. I, I hope yeah, well, I hope it doesn't incite any riots, so any chanting well, or anything. We're working on having on the ship. Did you just plug my blog? What? What did you say? Say that again. I didn't plug your blog. Well, you should plug my blog. What, you mean thoughtfulnature.blogspot.com? Actually, actually, it's not even that complicated. You just go to thoughtfulriot.com to check out the uh, musings of the DJ Lunchbox. Ah, well, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you all heard that, but that was thoughtfulriot.com for, uh... That's correct. For DJ Lunchbox, and um, he quality. he has some masterful like uh, haikus. Yeah, the haikus are, uh, are a big hit on my blog. I gotta say, my blog is up there, uh, not to keep my own horn, but it's up there with some uh, with some quality blogs. Uh, right alongside uh, uh, White Van with Candy, uh, blogspot.com, if I'm not mistaken. Excellent blog, weird name, but good read. That's a good, <laughs> that's a damn good read. Let me tell you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, Ver Veronica's Invisible Friend. Blogspot. Com. That's a good one too. Cloud Envy. 
That's an excellent one. When it gets updated. They're psychosexy. Excellent. Excellent. Good broad reading. Indeed. The film the long hours when you're not listening to the Wrestling Mayhem show. Indeed, because as we know, the Wrestling Mayhem show can only fill up so many hours in the day. I know. I mean, you can listen to the archives. You can watch the videos. You can you can uh, you can listen to them again and again. But the, there's got to be at least you know one two hours in the week where you can't be absorbing mayhem, and you can go absorb my blog. Exactly, and you know sometimes I like to read my blogs when I'm listening to the Wrestling Mayhem show. Exactly. It's a it's a dose it's a dose of awesome for the eyes and the ears. That's good. It and makes that, you think and it makes you laugh. I want to give a shout out to uh hold on, I'm giving a shout out. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I wanna give a shout out and thank you to Miss Hoover of uh of Boston's premier number one rock station. She's the finest DJ that they have and uh WJYY dot com. Well, she's actually not in the chat room right now. I think she's just getting off of work. But believe me, when she gets into the chat room, she is going to be plugged to hell and back. Oh, hell yes, sir. You want to say hi to Sorgatron? Hi, Sorgatron. 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 All right, later. All right, bye. And that was the lunchbox. And um, apparently, he just wanted to call in to plug a lot of things. I- I'm not sure whose 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 blog that was at White Van with Candy but I've heard it's a good read. <laughs> um, and uh, hold on a second. Setting up the next caller, I think. Which we'll probably get in a little bit. But uh, it sounds like the guys are having a great time so far. And um, for those of you who couldn't hear, ECW just ended for them. They said there was an amazing eight-man tag. And um, they're setting up for SmackDown right now. So uh, DJ Lunchbox probably hung up the phone right before the huge pyro hit. And yes, Kaz, dude, I am from New York. Born, raised, and... Paid, laid, and made in New York. Um, and currently I'm in the Bronx, which you can tell by the gorgeous skyline I have behind me. Um, and I have to give uh, big props to uh, Miss Veronica in the chat room because she made it possible solely on her own for the entire Mayhem crew to be there. And... Um, Really, really uh, selfless of her, and awesome of her. And I know she's probably going to kill me for mentioning it on the air, but I feel I have to do it just because, you know, a lot of things like that deserve a lot of praise. And, um, actually, since I've been talking for an hour or so, I think I'm going to take a five-minute break to rest my vocalizer. Um, I'll still be in the chat room, just stretching a little bit, so it doesn't look really awkward on the cam. Everyone stay in the chat room, uh, Juggalo Jamie, get your email in, and when I come back, I have at least one fan mail, um, I think there might be two, 
Maybe two. Maybe. I, I'm not sure. There, there's fan mail. There's fan mail. I'll get into it. If anyone wants to send a fan mail in, um, Dan, I don't know if you want to put your thoughts together or anything like that. Um, Kaz, dude, I know you're new, but uh, if you want to send a fan mail in, it's www.myspace.com slash wrestling mayhem show. You can send a message into there. I'll respond to it live on the air. And, um, yeah, so I'll be back in about five minutes or so. All right? Bye, everyone. <coughs> uh. All right, um, so let's see. TNA. I actually did watch TNA. about these things. I sit on top of the world and I pull at fate strings. You have no idea what this will bring. In your dreams I whisper the rhymes of kings. I have no conscience about these things. The fall of winters made the second coming of spring. Meaningless to some to me it means everything. Chains the flow of time and tug of fate and hear me sing. I have no conscience about these things. The world is shaped and scarred since the Big Bang popped And there is just one thing to make the spinning stop Strikes fear into the hearts of man, woman, and child To make the gods of chaos look down and smile It rests deep within the heart of one with nothing to fear And you can see it in his eyes that his end is near A person walks through life with things close to his heart These things guide him through his life and help him see through the dark they give a man a reason just to see his sun rise And give him strength against the world's despicable lies No bloodshed, no tears, no path that can't be walked No violence in his life, no outlines of chalk He wants to leave behind the world with a distinguishable mark But when a man loses these things, it all falls apart There is nothing more dangerous to all the world's crews Than a man that truly has nothing to lose I sit on top of the world, and I pull at fate strings You have no idea what this will bring in your dreams I whisper the rhymes of kings I have no conscience about these things The fall of winters made the second coming of spring Meaningless to some to me, it means everything Change the flow of time and tug of fate and hear me sing I have no conscience about these things Can you live with the blood that soaks your hands and stains? You can never get out, good deeds be damned Can you live with what you've done and still get up every day? You see the world in black and white, not shades of gray Can you really ask forgiveness when you drop down and pray? Can you live with your own mind at the end of the day? I can see where my path leads, every step in the dirt I can walk through the world and deal with all the hurt I can look back on what I've done and hold my head up high Willing to do what's needed just to get by Rip the earth from the sky to make you understand The blood flows in my veins, I'm just the man I can wipe the tears from off my face and take another step I can live my life without a fear, without any regret can manipulate the flow of life and all that it brings I have no conscience about these things I sit on top of the world and I pull at fate strings You have no idea what this will bring In your dreams I whisper the rhymes of kings I have no conscience about these things The fall of winters make the second coming of spring Meaningless to some to me it means everything Change the flow of time and tug at fate and hear me sing I have no conscience about these things I sit on top of the world and I pull at fate strings You have no idea what this will bring In your dreams I whisper the rhymes of kings I have no conscience about these things The fall of winters make the second coming of spring Meaningless to some to me it means everything Change the flow of time and tug at fate and hear me sing I have no conscience about these things
as I normally do when I'm trying to go to sleep. Uh, have a good night, Kaz, dude. Good luck at school. And uh, stay in school even though it's for the devil. Or so Bobby Boucher's mom says. I don't know. Just going out. All right, anyway. TNA! TNA, TNA, TNA. Uh, the first match they had was Robert Roode and Hernandez. Um, now, the, what they're doing with this is... Um, T LAX is a lot better faces chasing the heel champions. I have to admit that. Um, it seems like they actually know what they're doing with this a little bit. I wish they had a few more tag teams to work with that they actually could work with. But the LAX Beer Money feud is going pretty well. I like it. I like the fact that LAX is chasing again. That makes them a bit more viable for um, faces and everything. Um, but Homicide... Excuse me. Homicide is still selling the injury from the last pay-per-view where he got cracked in the eye with a beer bottle. So, um... He's been on the on the shelf for a while, and I think this was the second consecutive week that um, Hernandez wrestled solo, and he's beaten both members of Beer Money. So I mean, I think obviously this is going to lead to another match between them, but it seems like they worked backwards because they started with a normal match, they started with a gimmick match, and they worked down to a normal match. So, of course, TNA logic, next match you're going to have a, a triple gimmick match. You know, a gimmick, 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 gimmick. Like a tuxedo ball and chain match or whatever the fuck. But, um, also on a side note, Shelly Martinez looks terrific in just a bikini top. Just throwing that out there. Um, now the next match really pissed me off. Really, really pissed me off. Um, Eric Young... And BG James, you know, the great team, the award-winning team of Eric Young and BG James, <coughs> excuse me, beat the Motor City Machine Guns. Beat them. Clean. Now, I don't know who Alex Shelley and Chris Saban pissed off in TNA. I'd like to know. So I could humbly apologize on their behalf. But TNA is taking probably their best tag team. TNA is taking their version of the Hardy Boys. Which, I mean, let's be honest, that's what Shelly and Saban are. Hardys. Same difference. They're taking their version of the Hardy Boys and jobbing them. Yeah, exactly. They're they're the Hardy Boys on speed. Fair enough? They're jobbing them to people that are just being thrown together now. I mean, BG James and Eric Young... Eric Young is already in a faction. He's in the Super Justice Brother Happy Tree Friends Squad. Or whatever they're calling it. Granted, he's under a mask, but... I mean, and it looks like they're going to try and push something with this. I don't know what exactly they could do or what they're going to do. But um, after the match, BG went for a handshake, and Chris Saban 
I think spat in his face or something like that or slapped him in the face. It was something like that where they didn't want to show respect or and then there was a big pull apart brawl, yada yada yada. Which I mean I don't mind that if they're gonna go and turn the Marseille machine guns heel because they're not getting respect or whatever or if this is a part of the whole TNA thing with the young guys not showing respect to the veterans. I'm not sure where they're going with it. I don't think I like it. But, I mean, it's interesting either way to see what happens with it. Um, but um, after that, they had Matt Morgan in a squash match, which I'm still not really sold on Matt Morgan. Don't worry, Dan. The TNA talk won't last that much longer. Uh, Matt Morgan in a squash match. I don't. I don't know where I stand on Matt Morgan yet. Um. I think when he started, he needs to decide on who he's trying to impersonate. If he's trying to impersonate Batista, let him be Batista. If he's trying to impersonate Goldberg, let him be Goldberg. If he's trying. To impersonate Brock Lesnar, let him be Brock Lesnar. Or you could just let him stutter again. But it seems like that they're going to um, continue the program where the beast and the animal, or the monster, the monster, the monster abyss, um, where Matt Morgan and Abyss are going to team up against the Dudleys. Okay, I guess. Um, Abyss is ruined in TNA. Um, <laughs> Abyss was one of the best characters that TNA ever had. He was one of the... He was, I think, the only guy that TNA made from the ground up. Like, he was never someone else in another fed. Um, he was never in Ring of Honor or Shikara, or CZW, or I don't think anything like that. He's just Abyss. He's the guy, he's the guy that's on the, all the best of the bloodiest covers. Yes. It is a shame that they're using Abyss to put over Matt Morgan, because Abyss gets a reaction from the crowd, which is a good thing, but they're wasting him. And this whole gimmick where he's back from the insane asylum, and he doesn't want to use weapons anymore... It's kind of dumb, and we all know where it's going. And it's going to come, like, the Dudleys are going to ask for a table match or something like that. And Abyss isn't going to want to use a table. And then all the fans are going to chant, oh, Abyss, oh, Abyss, or we want tables or something like that. And he's going to snap again, and he's going to go on a violent rampage, and yada, yada, yada. But to have them being thrown together like this... I don't know, it doesn't work. I'm, su I'm surprised that they haven't put Abyss with the, um, the, the brother-Justice League-Tree-Happy-Fun match with, with that group. Because, I mean, he's in a mask, and he's helping people. That almost seems like he'd be a better place for him. Because he'd be able to interact with Curryman, Sharkboy, and Eric Young. 
those three guys interacting with Abyss, I think, would work a lot better for his overall gimmick. Because he's... It looks like as if she's trying to stop any forms of... Well, at least most forms of enhanced violence. Like, weapon violence. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of, of course. Like, Kaz or suicide or whatever. Whatever that's going to be. I don't even know. But, um... But yeah, so Abyss being um, teamed with Matt Morgan to go against Team 3D, it doesn't necessarily work, but where are you going to do it? It's TNA, not much of anything works. Um, so moving along, the next match was one of the qualifiers for their Four Ways to Glory, which is another stupid fucking name brought to you by the mind of Vince Russo and Dutch Mantel. Um, the four-way match that... <laughs> yeah, it's the TNA scramble. It's the TNA scramble. But, um, Booker T beat, uh, Rhino. And it was it was an okay match, I guess. I mean, you know, it's, it's a Booker T-Rhino match. You're gonna get what you're gonna get. Um, I don't know why they're holding qualifying matches. See, for this, qualifying matches aren't really necessary because you know exactly who's gonna be in the match. I mean, if if anyone else besides Kurt Angle and AJ Styles don't make up the other two guys in that match, I'll eat this salt shaker. I'll eat it on camera. But, um, basically, Booker T advanced in the match, and I think Christian kidnapped Charmel. Stop fucking lying to me, Dan. Anyway, um... I think Christian, like, grabs Char grab Bar to the back, whatever. They're probably not going to do anything with it, but what are you going to do? Um, now we move on to Consequences Creed, or as we now know him as Austin. Um, let me just rant on this for a little bit. TNA, th th this, is, this is Mad Mike talking to you. Please... Please, for the love of God, stop doing rough cuts. I, I, I mean, I know you, you guys want to push the characters that you have. And you're going to do that by getting into their personal life and all that stuff. But rough cuts is not the way to do this. Because no one knows who the fuck Consequences Creed is. No one knows... We don't even know who the gimmick name is yet, and now all of a sudden we're going to find out <clears throat> who he is as a person? <coughs> if you're going to do that, you should do it with someone who's a bit more established, like Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash is a guy whose gimmick works with doing the shoot-style interviews. But Consequences Creed, I mean... It's really kind of fucking pointless to have a character that no one can identify with. And then you have, um, you have his backstory. No one cares about his character, so we're sure as hell not going to care about his backstory. If anything, Rough Cuts is a place for people to change the channel. 
because no one wants to hear about the backstory. If they want to hear about people's backstories, that's when you make a DVD of them. That's when you make a DVD of Christian Cage, of AJ Styles, of Samoa Joe. Like, I'm going to admit, I bought the Christian Cage DVD. Their, their documentary on Christian Cage was fantastic. It was absolutely very well done. They, they skimmed over a lot of WWE, but Christian still talked about it. He talked about how he got into wrestling, how he met Edge, became friends with him. It was a very well done DVD. But to have little documentary pieces like that interspersed into every single show, especially when you have people from the backstage talking about them, like when they did Matt Morgan's, and Jim Cornette was saying that he hated the stuttering gimmick. You don't say the word gimmick! I mean, my god! You, you can't do stuff like that. You can't use Wrestling Insider terms for a shoot promo. Especially when some of that shoot stuff goes into work. Like the BG James, um... Like the BG James Kip Sop or whatever the fuck they call him now. Billy Gunn. The New Age Outlaws breakup that they did in TNA. Because that was how this whole rough cut thing started. You know, if you want to have them talk about their early career, that's okay. Because they've been established long enough in the business that they could do that. But to have it bleed over into the worked angle between the two, that's when it starts to get a little much. And TNA's making that same mistake every single time. Every single angle they're doing is all work shoot. And it really shouldn't be. That's one of the main problems I have with TNA. Because all their stuff is work shoot. You don't know what to believe anymore. They're lying to their fans, essentially. Kaz has been released. Christopher Daniels is fired. Tomko is apparently fired. I mean... You don't know what to believe with TNA anymore, and that doesn't create drama or suspense or excitement. It just creates less fans. Okay, rant over. Rant over. For now. Um, Alright, so Consequences Creed, he lost. He won the match by DQ against PD Williams because of friend of the show, Davari's interference. Um, I believe they're calling him... Sheikh Abdul Bashir, I think I have that right, um, or Sheikh Abdul Ramalama Ding Dong, however you want to call him, doesn't matter, it's friend of the show, Davari, and, um, yeah, it looks like they're pushing for maybe a three-way between the three of them at the next pay-per-view, which is okay, I mean, it's not bad, it creates an international incident, because you have USA, Canada, and... Um, terrorists, apparently. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, I have no problem with that. That's actually, that's actually a spot where interference is okay. I like that. It was a well-booked match, it was a well-wrestled match, and it will be a well-wrestled match of pay-per-view. And, um, oh, before I get to the final two main events. Oh, apparently WWE just released, just had a press release. To say that um, Cena will be back in three months. So um, that puts him in back in December. 
like I said, I still think it should wait a little bit, but, you know, so saith WWE, so saith the world. And, uh, yes, uh, Yober, Yober21, Yober, is, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, um, but yes, P.D. Williams does have the most visually appealing finisher today. It's a shame that he's hardly able to use it anymore. Because um, he's, he's been put in a lot of matches where there are no finishes or he actually loses. But when he, do, when, he does, um, when he does pull off the Canadian Destroyer, it is one of the most fun finishers to watch in the business. Next, uh, right up there with the C4, I think. That's just me. Um, but yeah, they also had another, another segment on TNA that I absolutely hate called Karen's Angle. Uh, now, I'm not going to rant again on how they shouldn't use wrestling terminology, but they shouldn't use wrestling terminology. Anyway, um, they had a Karen's Angle bit where there, where she was talking to SoCal Val. And when I first heard that, when I first heard that um, SoCal Val was going to be on it, I was actually interested because the Jay Lethal um, Sanjay Dutt thing. It's an all, it's an all right angle. I mean, the match of the pay per view was shit, but. The angle itself, I think, is going okay because Sanjay's—they're both kind of tweeners at this point. With Sanjay leaning towards face and Jay Lethal leaning towards what Macho Man was supposedly actually like in real life, where he was very possessive of Liz and all stuff like that. It's an interesting way to turn the angle, but I actually did want to hear from SoCal Val. And then, oh, um, Dan, if you miss what's happening after the wedding. Um, Sanjay Dutt got put in the hospital somehow, like, he wasn't even really injured, but he got put in the hospital, and while he was in the hospital, Val visited him, uh, Sanjay took the ring, and, you know, they basically have been going back and forth saying they both love Val, it's, and Val, like, um, Jay Lethal's giving Val an ultimatum saying that she should choose between him and Sanjay, Sanjay's playing the nice guy, saying that, like, um, he should, uh, he just wants Val to be happy, all that shit. And, um, they had a match at the pay-per-view, the Black Tide Ball and Chain match. Yeah, I know, horrible name. Um, where Val left because, uh, uh Jay Lethal was beating up Sanjay too much. Um, but anyway, so where we stand right now is that Val was on Karen's angle. And, um, oh, Yo BR. Is that right? Thumbs up. Excellent. Uh, excuse me for the dead air there. <coughs> but, um, SoCal Val was on the show and she was saying that. She wishes there wasn't all this fighting between over her, and um, then all of a sudden, Sanjay Dutt showed up on set, which obviously somehow this set is in a magical location where all the wrestlers are, and 
Jay Lethal came out and speared Sanjay, which actually looked really good. For all the for all the get like anger and frustration I have toward that angle, the spear on the couch looked really good. And as uh yeah, so did I. I thought it was a play on on Jobber as well. Like um I don't know, like Coach Z version of saying it. I don't know. Anyway, never mind. Um, so basically, Val was trying to break her and Lethal apart. Um, and Val accidentally got punched in the face. Okay? Makes sense. You know, bound to happen sooner or later. Um, but yeah, so that's where they're leaving off with that angle, at least for right now. I don't know what they, what they're doing on Impact, because I think it's being taped tonight. Um, I think they're taping three shows in a row or something like that, but it's probably going to end up in another match with the pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of people like doing the accidentally hitting women thing. Go figure. Um, but uh, last week on TNA was Gelkin's last match in TNA with the company, and I'll get to that after I finish going through the TNA. Um, she was in a street fight with not with Awesome Kong. And, um, basically, Kong beat the fuck out of her. Now, the, I think they wanted to go somewhere with Gail Kim, but, um, because they're trying to bring in the sister angle, who's not really a sister, who's actually a daughter of Earl Hebner. But it appears the entire match was now just to have Gail Kim lose. And build up Awesome Kong even more. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what happened with that. Yeah, uh, the if you watch TNA from last week, there's um, an eight, a young Asian girl... That gets into the ring and tries to help Gail Kim up. Um, they all play off like it's Gail Kim's sister when it's actually the daughter of Earl Hebner. I don't know if she's an adopted daughter or if Earl Hebner just likes um, is married to an Asian woman. Uh, but that's that's why I've heard that it's really the daughter of Earl Hebner. Um, but yeah, then. After that match, they had the main event, which is another gimmick that WWE did years ago, um, a ladder match for Kurt Angle's gold medal. Now, I don't mind them incorporating the gold medal into the angle because of the Olympics. I mean, that's pretty much why they did it. But the ladder match, I mean, if you've seen any match with Kurt Angle and Sting over the past month, you know how this ends. The um, lights go out. Kurt has a bat. Lights go out again. AJ has a guitar. Come on. AJ gets the medal again. That's... Uh, they're pushing... They're still pushing this whole Sting-Jeff Jarrett thing. But, yeah, I've heard that Sting doesn't even know if he's going to return yet. If Sting doesn't return, and they're building all this up for nothing... That's going to be really interesting. Well, alright, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil that much, because I know TNA is doing three weeks of tapings, so um, 
I'm not going to spoil all that because that could be something that doesn't even show up for another month, almost. Um, the way TNA was doing it was two tapings of like three hours each or something like that, and they're splitting it up, so the next three weeks of TNA programming are going to be horribly cut together, probably. Horribly cut together. But then again, when isn't TNA horribly cut together? Um, but yeah, apparently, <laughs> exactly, Dan, we wouldn't know the difference. Um, but yeah, one final note about TNA before we get into fan mail. Um, Gail Kim is apparently done with TNA wrestling. Um, even WWE confirmed that Gail Kim has been released. Uh, I think she actually voluntarily left. And the very strong rumors is that she's going to be in WWE. Um, I heard she was already backstage at an FCW show. And I'd say it's only a matter of time before we get to see her, I'm going to say, on SmackDown. I'm going to guess SmackDown. Because Raw has enough decent women's athletes, I think. And if she goes to SmackDown, you can have Gail Kim versus Natalya Neidhart. Which would be an awesome match. Or you could have Gail Kim versus Victoria. Um, well, no, see, because also on Raw, you have to remember that sometime Candace Michelle will be coming back, and so will Melina. And they're both contracted Raw wrestlers. Yeah, I know, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Candace Michelle come back before the end of the year. Same thing with Melina. So I think and while Raw needs more face women, SmackDown just needs more women wrestlers. Because right now you have... Let, let's, let's be fair and call Maria a wrestler. You have two, two big faces, two big heels. If you bring Gal Kim in as a face on SmackDown, they have two face wrestlers. And I'm calling Michelle McCool a wrestler because she's banging the Undertaker, Undertaker so she's had to teach him something. Um, and uh, you have, um, what's my call? And you have, um, you have Michelle McCool and you have, who's the other one? Oh, and Maria and Gal Kemp. Then you'd have those three on SmackDown, excuse me, as the faces. And as the heels, you'd have Victoria and Natalia. Whereas on Raw, right now, you don't really need face a lot of face wrestlers because because of the angle Beth has with Santino. Yeah, Cherry got fired. Cherry got released because apparently from what I've heard, they thought she wasn't skinny enough to be a diva. I don't know if that's true. It's a rumor on the internet, so of course it has to be true. We're not. We're barely calling Maurice a person. I'm sorry. We're going there. Um, I personally think Cherry just got released because she wasn't getting over. I mean, I think that. I think yeah, exactly. Natalia. Natalia's a big girl. I mean, she's hot. I wouldn't kick her out of bed, but you know, um, she's a big girl. And Grant, she has a legacy, so that so she does have that going for her, but it didn't exactly save Teddy Hart now, did it? Um, 
But yeah, so Gal Kim will probably be showing up on WWE programming within a month or so, I'd say. And I think actually tonight, uh, Ron Killings is debuting on SmackDown. So I think the guys actually get to see it tonight. That should be interesting. Now, you don't want to send their ECW because there's no women's title on ECW. But, um... Alright, uh, so, you know, now that I've gone through all the wrestling shows and a little bit of rumors and speculations and gotten the calls and everything, let's let's hit some of the fan mail. What do you say? Um, this first fan mail is from Machiavelli, I'm pretty sure. Let me just check and double check because I can't really see his whole thing. Um... And that is the song on his MySpace. <laughs> I don't know. I just went to his site just to check and see who it was. But yeah, it is Mac. Um, Alright, so here's the Machiavelli email. Boy, what a shitty main event that was last night. I don't know who decided to let Big Dave go out there... Big Dave and Kane go out there and chain wrestle. I couldn't help laugh as the match went on. The people couldn't give two fucks less about what was happening in the ring. Dave Batista, the second biggest star behind Cena, bullshit. And actually, you know, I, I'm going to stop for a second because I kind of have to agree with that. Because when CM Punk last night came out, he was over like Rover. He was over like a motherfucker. I had my headphones on and I could still hear... Still here the chance for CM Punk. So I think I think CM Punk is finally getting to the level that everyone on the internet wants him to be at. Which is an excellent thing. Um anyway, continue. They did some shit, nobody cared, and the funniest thing of all, as they were hitting each other's knees with chairs, no one cared. Nobody cared that two of the people fighting for the belt could have hurt themselves and been off the show. Sucks to be WWE. Um, I don't know if they necessarily didn't care about the match. I just think that it shouldn't have been the main event. I think that they should have re reworked the show a little bit. They should, and plus, after the Jericho Michaels thing, <laughs> yeah, Dan, it was mid-crying SmackDown three months ago. But, um, I think CM Punk should be the main event of Raw. I don't... I think if they wanted to open with it, that would have been that would have been an interesting way to go because then they then Adam Lee could have come out and you know did the whole Cena announcement and said that Ray was taking um, John Cena's place and have Kane be really angry and attack Batista some more to put it over. Um, but anyway, let me go back to the uh, Machiavelli mail here. It also sucks to be Cena. As he announced he was being injured, the only the only people disappointed were children. Adults don't care. Um, well, yeah, probably. I mean, most of the adults that are wrestling fans aren't necessarily aren't necessarily Cena fans, so they probably were. I hate to say happy that Cena was injured, but what are you gonna do? Um, he goes on. A big fuck off goes to WWE for adding an ECW scramble match. When this match, when this goddamn match was already confusing enough, why have three of them? Um, I don't exactly know why they're doing three scramble matches. 
uh, at first it was being booked to us as an Adam Lee original. So are we saying that Vicky Guerrero and Theodore Long aren't original? Um, <laughs> that's an interesting point, Dan. Have three, so maybe we can grasp the rules by the third attempt. Um, well, the rules, the rules, at least as I know them, um, 20-minute match, two guys started off, every five minutes another guy comes in. Um, a pinfall on anyone makes you a um, placeholder, essentially, for the title. And whoever is the... No, the only thing they changed about the rules was that you don't become an official champion. No, no, no. They never said that, I don't think. They just said it was random. They did? Okay, well, I don't remember hearing that. Um, well, apparently it's just going to be two random guys in the ring, and um, whoever is the placeholder by the end of the 20 minutes is going to be the champion. So, at least it doesn't really diminish the value of the title that much. Oh, man, if, Brian Ke if the Brian Kendrick walks out the WWE champion, I'm, I don't know what I'd do. Uh, I would mark out like a motherfucker probably because that would be that would be the greatest shock in the history of wrestling I'd say the Brian Kendrick walking out as champion that would be a very interesting way for WWE to go and I mean they could do it with Zeke no MVP I think MVP I think should be the one to walk out champion MVP is the is the cocky heel opportunistic guy and he can build a really good feud of Triple H. Um, Jeff Hardy, I don't know. I don't think they should reward Jeff for being a drug addict so quickly. Um, uh, Matt goes on. Looking forward to seeing Gal Kim back in WWE. Hopefully she'll be on Raw in a few weeks. We've already gone over that. Uh, he says, I need TNA to go out of business. That way all the good wrestlers can go to WWE and we can stack all three brands. Um, well, if you did that, then you wouldn't have stacked brands. You would just have an overbloated roster. You'd probably have to, you'd probably have to add a fourth show, make ECW two hours, and who really wants to watch that much WWE product? Yeah, exactly. WCW. Let's, let's bring that back. Sure, that's essentially what TNA is. Anyway, um, Mac goes on here. Big Dave Remedy, learn how to work. Shout out to DJ Lunchbox and Chad the Shad, who apparently wasn't sent to hell by the Undertaker at SummerSlam, as far as we know. Uh, all right, uh, thank you, Mac. Um, let's see, let's go on to the next fan mail here. Uh, let's see. Alright, uh, Russell Fan is not back from dinner yet. Either the dude eats for a really long time, or he's not coming back. So, um, I'm just gonna go over his email then. I wish you, like, and, um, Juggalo Jamie, where's your goddamn email? I mean, come on. I asked for it, like, fuck, an hour ago. Come on, man. Plus, I need your damn shirt ideas, and I want to read them on the air. So, uh... Jamie, get your email in. Okay, good. 
Let me know, sir. Let me know. All right. Um, this email is from WrestleFan, and it's a long one. It's a lot about TNA, so apparently this is going to be a very TNA-centric hour of the Wrestling Mayhem show. Yes, Veronica's right. It should be done now. Damn it. <laughs> Listen to the boobs. Alright, so here we go from WrestleFan. What up, Mayhemers? As the WrestleFan is back with the fan mail, and I have, the, I have decided to take up DJ Lunchbox's challenge to give you the things that I like about TNA. Now, I'm not a complete TNA mark, disregard the TNA show mail, but I really want to change you from fuck TNA to sure I'll watch it. Um, point of order, when he, <laughs> I'm sorry, Veronica, I'm just, I'm just reading what the fans give me, you know, if you want to send in a fan mail about other stuff, like piercings or boobs or something like that, I don't know, I'll read it, but I'm just reading what the fans give me here, you know, I, I don't have a, a staff to, to, to talk to, I only have, Jesus Christ, the Yankees are still losing. Anyway, um, I'm just going by what the fans give me here. And to be fair, DJ Lunchbox did issue the challenge of why people like TNA. And to be fair, when I went to the TNA house show, I was a fan. I TNA put on a damn good house show, and they were good to their fans. <laughs> you know, that's probably the case, Dan. But, you know, since someone did answer it, um, we have to read it on the air. So, here we go. Um, here are some of the issues you guys mentioned that he'd like to bring up. Beer money. I understand this team is two single stars that are being put in tag teams, but they're not half bad. Their mic skills are good and I enjoy their promos. Plus, they are great in the ring and seem to work well together. My philosophy is that some people in wrestling are just meant to be in tag teams, which might be the case for these two men. More towards Storm. Robert Rude was getting some kind of a world title push, but it's going to take him a while to get a one-on-one -on -one match for the title, so this is a good way to show his skills with someone he works well with. You know, I, I agree with all of that. I'm not going to lie. I personally think James Storm has a brighter future in singles than Robert Rude does, because Robert Rude, he, he didn't really know what gimmick he wanted to be. If he wanted to be Mr. Perfect, or if he wanted to be Rick Rude, or if he wanted to be Ric Flair, he wasn't sure. Or JBL, he tried that. But James Storm has a very funny gimmick. And if TNA had a mid-card belt, James Storm should be that champion. Alright, anyway, he goes on. The X Division. I understand that the division is not as large as it used to be, which is not a bad thing. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. The X Division has been neutered. Kinda. Um, they took away the three big things that made the X Division great, which were AJ, Daniels, and Samojo. And you know, AJ and Joe are in main event feuds, that's fine. But Daniels, Daniels is a waste. If you're not going to have him be Christopher Daniels, you shouldn't have him be in the company. I, I, not, nothing against the Curry Man gimmick, but... You know, what are you going to do? Um, I agree that it's a Cruiserweight title and there's nothing wrong with that, but hopefully TNA will come out with a mid-card title for other stars. Agreed, that's what they have to do. They're never going to do it, 
because they look at the X Division belt as their mid card belt. But what are they? What are you gonna do? Uh, here are some wrestlers in the division. I think why why they work well. Sheikh Abdul Bashir, friend of the show. His mic skills and his gimmick are interesting, and his ring skills are not half bad. Um, having seen him live, his ring skills are are really good. He works a different style, which I like. He's not the flippy floppy normal X Division guy, but he essentially has the same gimmick he did in WWE, and <laughs> one problem I do have with him already, and I know this wasn't his doing, his finisher is called the WMD. Yeah, I'm going to let that sink in for a little bit with some dead air. The WMD. What the fuck, DNA? Alright, moving along. Um... Consequences Creed. Creed is everything that's good with this business. I feel he has the talent and skills that would make him a great X Division champion. With time, I feel he will eventually be the champion. Um, Creed's okay. He's not bad. He needs a gimmick more than just wearing an American flag on his ass to the ring. Um, I don't know. He'll probably be champion. He'll probably win at the pay-per-view and go into a feud with Davari. But other than that... He needs an actual like gimmick. He need, yeah, exactly. If it can get if it can get Lex Luger over, it can get consequ consequences Creed over. Um, P.D. Williams. P.D. Williams has a lot of talent and his gimmick works well, but it'll be better once Cena returns. I agree with that. P.D. to Rocket Khan is Scott to Mede Scott Steiner to Medeja because they're both worthless. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sure, I mean, I don't really pay attention to RocketCon anymore, because she still looks way too much like Linda Miles to me. Um, Jay Lethal. Jay's skills are great in the ring, however, I do hope they drop this machismo gimmick, because there are points where he doesn't use it. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting way of looking at it, I mean... It kind of worked for Booker T when he was doing his King gimmick, where when he got really angry, he would drop from being English and go back to being from Harlem. But for Jay Lethal, it doesn't work as well, because if you're going to be the Macho Man, you kind of have to be the Macho Man through and through. And I know it can grade the voice, but that's kind of something you just have to do from time to time, you know? Um... Let's see. Uh, hold on a second. Okay. Um, Sanjay Dutt. Sanjay has skills, obviously, shown and is able to play a good heel. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, I like what they're doing with Sanjay. Sanjay... Sanjay's a very, very good heel. Uh, he's playing up the nice guy gimmick routine perfectly. And, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much all I'll say about that. Um... Johnny Devine. Most people didn't know Johnny Devine was still employed. But um, even though he's 3D's lackey, he's been wrestling at Impact and has ability. There's a possible chance he'd get another shot at the title. I don't think... I don't think Johnny Devine will ever get a shot at that title again. Um, Johnny Devine is kind of a waste of space. They only bring him in when they need someone to run in during a Team 3D match. Now, 
if TNA brings in Shannon Moore and have Shannon Moore team with Johnny Divine, that could be a very happy union. No. No one needs Spike Dudley. Um, the Prince Justice Brotherhood. Okay. My point with these guys is they can wrestle, and yes, they're playing a gimmick, but who are they playing it to? Kids. What would you rather have played toward kids? Three characters who have wrestling ability, who cut funny at, at times funny promos, or a fake white rapper whose promos and wrestling is the same old stuff every week? Think about it. Besides, if you watch the promos, Curry Man is getting funnier now that he is not just talking fake Japanese. Um, <laughs> the thing about the Prince Justice Brotherhood is the same problem I always had with Hurricane back in WWE. If you have a superhero, you need a supervillain. That, like, one thing I always wish they did in WWE, but they never did, was when they signed um, Nova. Have Nova be the super supervillain to, super, to gimmick superhero. That's all you need, just like... You just need a super, like, the Prince Justice Brotherhood, the only thing they've essentially done as a group is find that Sanjay stole Val's ring, which they did by actually looking at tape from the previous week's impact. Not exactly a huge superhero contingent. Now, while agree, I'll agree, Curry Man is a lot funnier now that he's actually, like, not talking fake Japanese and just talking in a Japanese accent. It's Christopher goddamn Daniels, for Christ's sake. Christopher Daniels was one of the most interesting and unique characters TNA had. And they've killed him. They've absolutely killed him. Like, even if Christopher, even if Curry Man takes off the hood and it's Christopher Daniels again. He'll almost never be taken seriously. I, I mean, that that's just me. You know, I... Because the, the sad thing... Daniels? No, Daniels wasn't... Um... No, Boogeyman was always a face, I think. Sorry, conversations in the chat room. Um... But... I mean, Curryman, I guess... I don't know. I still I still don't think it works. And it's a shame because all three guys can wrestle. And the Shark Boy thing is getting a little old. A little bit. I mean, it still works to a degree, but it's getting a little old. Alright, uh, his third thing that he likes in TNA is Kurt Angle. This one is simple. Of course Kurt Angle has been the mainstay of the company, and I agree he needs to retire soon. But hell, at least during his time in TNA, he's putting guys over instead of winning every match. That's a debatable point. Um, I think Kurt Angle is... <laughs> I think Kurt Angle is... Um, he's one of the problems with TNA. Um, there's... TNA, in my mind, stands for Total Non-Stop Angle. Because for a while, that's what it was. I mean, you know, if you think about it logically, alright, Kurt Angle, he's held every title in TNA. 
what else is there for him to do? He's been the exhibition champion, a tag champion, and a TNA champion multi-times. There is nothing else for him to do in that company. But yet, he's still on TV every week. He still monopolizes at least 20 minutes at a time of a 75-minute show, maybe. Um, I mean, he's still a good worker, but... A, the dude needs to take some time off. And two, there needs to be... needs to stop being this much of him. Like, he's kind of like the Triple H of TNA. Um, now that SmackDown doesn't use Triple H as much anymore, he doesn't monopolize the whole camera time, SmackDown is amazing. And when Triple H wasn't on Raw, Raw's amazing. I think TNA needs to learn from that example and just have infrequent spurts of pruning. And now that Jeff Jarrett's coming back, you're going to have two people like that on the show. Jarrett and Angle. And they both take up way too much TV time. Um, the beautiful people. When it comes to Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, this is one of the first time in wrestling we have seen a female tag team become successful. Both ladies cut a good and funny promo, and they know how to go in the ring. Kip's ja Kip James is still questionable. Okay, um, beautiful people, I like their gimmick. I like their gimmick a lot. And it doesn't hurt that they're very attractive to boot. But, um, Angelina Love, yes, can go in the ring. Velvet Sky, she's about on the level of a Maria or a Kelly Kelly, I'd say. And the knockouts do bring ratings. As, as the Mayhem Show knows better than anyone else, boobs equals ratings. And it, it helps that their women know how it works. The Knockouts division is one of the better things that's going on in TNA right now, especially now that Kong doesn't have the belt. Yes, Veronica, you do know how to work. Um, Alright, and uh, finally, Kevin Nash. Even though Nash can't go like he used to, when you look at his promos, it gives somewhat of a serious, especially lately, because of the fact he doesn't like reading from a script. He doesn't sound like he's reading from a script. Kevin Nash is good for TNA. I'm, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Um, Kevin Nash, I think he's well past the point where he wants to put himself over. Of course, as I'm saying this, Kevin Nash will probably win the TNA title within the year. But, at least for right now, Kevin Nash is doing a lot of good within TNA. Um... He's very good on the mic. We all know that. We've all known that. And he can get in the ring occasionally when he has to and be the big man. He doesn't have to move around a lot because Lord knows if he took more than five steps, he'd rupture a quad again. But um, Kevin Nash is... I, I like Kevin Nash in TNA. He's the one... He's one of the real major WWE, former WWE guys that I wouldn't get rid of. Him and Christian Cage and Booker T. And anyone else on there I think is pretty much expendable. Um, okay. Now, uh, back to your WrestleFan. Now, I'm not saying TNA is all great. Here are a few things I have a problem with. Um, WWE has had a problem with storylines lasting too long. 
TNA has some problems with storylines lasting too long. Dutt and Lethal should have been done by now, and as for Angle and AJ, they put on good matches, but Karen is no longer in the picture. Uh, it's an excellent point. It's an excellent point. Um, actually, the the Dutt Sanjay, the Dutt Lethal thing, I think can go on for another pay per view. I don't think it's gotten to a point where it's Robert Roode, Eric Young yet, because Lord knows that feud lasted for I think eight years. Um, but the the Sanjay Dutt Jay Lethal thing has to end with um, the SoCal Val heel turn that's probably coming. At least I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't know what Russo was thinking. Trust me, if I did, I'd probably be able to do it better than he did. Um, but, what are you going to do? Um, the AJ Angle thing, <laughs> it's kind of funny how this whole thing started about Karen, but now Karen's not in the picture anymore, and they kind of never really closed off that point of the feud. I don't mind the feud going on to other aspects, especially about the gold medal. But, I mean, yeah, exactly. It, now, you're right, Dan. It's more about mutual hatred than it is about Karen. Even though Kurt still brings up the thing about Karen. I mean, you'd think Karen with her own TV show would kind of, well, her own segment TV show. What the fuck am I talking about? that she would kind of bring an end to it. But it seems like the angle AJ thing has nowhere to end now. Like, it doesn't seem like it has an ending point. Because, as at least storyline-wise, Karen has left Kurt Angle, so that's not an ending point. Um, AJ beat Kurt in the last man standing match. You'd think that'd be it, but that's not it. Um... So they're essentially just going to keep feuding until this whole Jeff Jarrett debacle goes to plan, if it goes to plan, whatever. Um, Alright, moving along. Horrible gimmick matches. For one, don't say Fire Russo, because there are more horrible ideas. Those, Because there are more making those horrible ideas besides him. Here's an example of a gimmick match that was fine with me and one that sucked. Sucked. Black tie and chain, black tie ball and chain, with, because with two X Division stars stuck together with a chain and clothes everywhere, they can't function like they're used to. That's an interesting point. Um, like, like we said before, the black tie ball and chain match kind of sucked, uh, because they had tuxedo match rules, it was a chain match, it was a lover or lever match or whatever it was, and... If you have guys like Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt and you chain them together, that's not going to make for a good match in anyone's perspective. Um, Alright, and here's a gimmick that he thought was okay. Cuffed in the cage. Because even though the way to win was out there, the wrestling in the match was not bad if you look past the gimmick. Um, let's see, the cuffed in the cane match. I think, that, I think the one he's talking about was the... Um, the one where there was a whole bunch of tag teams in it, and the way to win was to not be handcuffed to the cage. This is where I take pretty big issue of WrestleFan. That's a stupid fucking idea. At least in terms of how many people they had in the cage. 
They had, I think, about six to eight teams in that cage match. That's a lot of goddamn teams. Um, and <laughs> the object is to handcuff everyone else to the cage. You can't keep an eye on the action even with that many people moving in the cage, let alone people not moving. But, I mean, it seems like TNA just wants to keep adding gimmicks to things, even matches that are already gimmicked. Um, their last man standing match. I, I made a point about this before, I'll make it again. Their last man standing match was not a last man standing match. If they're going to call it something, a term that's already in use, they should use the actual gimmick for that match, as opposed to making it a Texas death match. But, I mean, some of the gimmick matches they have are okay. Ultimate X, great example. It's simple. It's kind of a redesigning of the ladder match, which is alright, that's fine. Um, Elevation X, oh yeah, Ultimate X is definitely overused, but any gimmick match is overused at this point. Even the Hell in a Cell is overused. Elimination Chamber is, is overused. Every gimmick match is overused now. Um, but the... Escape match, even that one's okay. That one I don't mind so much. It's um, it's where you you pin people until you get to the final two, which is the escape match, the one they always do at Lockdown with the cruiser with the X Division guys. Um, but it actually shows a running trend of a lot of what TNA does. They'll have a gimmick match until you get down to the final two people, then they'll take away the gimmick. Or they'll add the, or they'll add a gimmick or something like that, like the the knockouts hair battle royal ladder match, whatever the fuck that was, where like it was a battle royal at first, but then when I got to the final two people, it was a ladder match, and whoever lost that ladder match got their head shaved, whatever the goddamn hell that match was, it had way too many gimmicks in it. It's it's what TNA always does. They always seem to like to have a gimmick match with a whole bunch of people, but then when it gets to the final two, they change it completely. And that was like the escape match. The escape match, you have to pin people to eliminate them, and then when it's down to two, you have to escape the cage. It's okay as far as those kind of... Like, the, the reverse battle royal. What the shit is that? They even had a reverse battle royal with the cage, if you remember. The, um, the knockouts queen of the cage match, I think, where you actually had to climb into the cage. Yeah. Yeah, it was that lockdown, I think. Um, I may be wrong about that, but I think it was that lockdown where they had all the knockouts fighting on the outside, and to win the match, the first two women to climb the cage and get into the ring, then they had a match. I don't know. TNA is fucking ridiculous sometimes. But I agree with them. They, they gimmick up way too many matches, and it makes it a lot harder for regular fans to follow. Like, even the, um, their staple match, King of the Mountain, it's fucking confusing as hell. King of the Mountain, you have, you have a ladder match. Okay? It's a reverse ladder match where you have to hang the belt. I would leave it at that. That's fine. You can understand that. 
you get the belt, you knock out everyone else, you climb the ladder, and you hang it. That's okay. But, in order to hang the belt, you have to be able to hang the belt. You have to earn the right by pinning someone or making them submit. Okay. Even that, that's not too bad. I guess you can roll with that. But they have to throw a third gimmick in there. The person that's pinned or eliminated gets thrown into a red cage of doom. What the fuck is the point of the red cage of doom? Ah, uh, I don't know. It just bothers me. It just bothers me. That's like, and I don't see why, like, you wouldn't. I, I don't know. I'm gonna stop talking about that because TNA just makes me hate myself. Um, <laughs> the fight. The final thing he said that needs to be fixed is the promos in TNA are overtaking impact, but TNA is trying to compensate by putting in bigger matches. Uh, hell, I bet there are some big problems with WWE, but you don't run around going fuck WWE, so I hope this email is giving you the ability to give TNA a chance and to change the fuck you TMA to this is not half bad. The Wrestle fan has spoken. Um, first of all, I'm going to go on record and say fuck TNA. <laughs> um, no, I'm just, I mean, it's, it's okay. TNA, it, now everyone's saying fuck TNA. Um, TNA has great wrestling when they choose to. That, that's, it has great talent when they choose to showcase it right. It's just, they do not know how to do stories. They did, a while ago, like the story Joe had with the X Division. Ah, oh, that brought me into TNA. That was good. That was good stuff. And I don't see why they don't do something like, like that again. But no, they're, they're just recycling. They're recycling a lot of old WCW gimmicks. Like Jeff Jarrett. Um... But I mean, I, w I wish WrestleFan had already come back so I could actually talk about this with them, but TNA's not all bad, and we do rip on WWE. I mean, trust me, Vince doesn't escape unscathed. It's just WWE is putting out the better product now. They are. Plain and simple, WWE is putting out a better product on all three shows. It's been a while since we've been able to say that. But ECW, they have, like, a few that doesn't involve the title. Mike Knox and Finley? Mike Knox is turning into one of, I hate to say it, one of the best heels in WWE. I hate to say it. Hey! Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry, I'll get back to that. But, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give out huge props um, to one of the friends of the show. In fact, probably the best friend of the show, at least today, um, Miss Ashley Hoover of WJYY.com, New Hampshire's biggest hit station, and she is the um, night DJ, actually. At, as soon as everyone's done listening to the Wrestling Mayhem show, I highly advise going to WJYY.com and listening to uh, Ashley at night. But she is the one responsible for... Um, a lot of the new runners you'll be seeing on the Wrestling Mayhem show, because, um, 
she decided to be awesome this afternoon and make video files, uh, audio files for pretty much everyone in the Wrestling Mayhem show. And we give huge props out to Ashley because she is awesome and full of amazing. And in fact, hold on a second. And now everyone knows it in the chat room. And, um, so yeah, uh, in case you couldn't figure it out, Ashley has entered the chat room. And it's good because I'm kind of running a little low, so I need more, um, women to keep fueling me. And that helps a lot. Uh, <laughs> but, um, just for a sample of what Ashley was able to do, here one more time is the personal intro she made for me. I apologize in the chat room if this blows out anyone's ears. <coughs> Wrestling Mayhem Show on Blog TV. <laughs> and that is the kind of stuff you'll be hearing very soon on the Wrestling Mayhem Show. And yes, I do have to look so damn smug, Dan. Um, hold on a sec. Well, I don't know if we want to debut all of them, Veronica. Um, but since you are in the chat room, I will give yours a little, little bit of a shout out here. Uh, let's see. Alright, and uh, here's one more for the, uh, for the fans in the chat room, and thanks again to Ashley Hoover for all of these. If it decides to play. There we go. It's Veronica of the Wrestling Mayhem Crew. Too hot on Vlog TV. <laughs> Was that too loud? Did I did I kill everyone's ears? I apologize if it did. <laughs> no, I'm not going to debut all of them because as you can see, I am not DJ Lunchbox, I am not Sorg. I am not Doc Remedy, I am not Missy, and um, I am not Chad the Shad, nor am I Edge. So I will let them debut their own, because I know they're all going to want separate intros. Uh, <laughs> but um, I just want to give a big shout out to Ashley, because that's a really awesome thing that she did for us, and I think it makes the, Ma the Mayhem show sound a lot better. Um, let's see, so we went through the fan mail for, from WrestleFan, um, oh, let me just text and see, uh, ah, Juggalo Jamie, thank you, sir, for providing me with more content. Alright, um, we have the Juggalo Jamie other mail. <laughs> awesome. Alright, um... Is everyone ready for the other mail? <laughs> Alright, uh, here we go with the Juggalo Jamie other mail. Hi, Mad Fucking Mike. I tried to watch TNA the last two, and I could only watch for five minutes because it sucks. Kaz needs to get the Metallica font off his shorts. Fuck TNA. 
watched some SmackDown and Jeff Hardy versus the Great Khali, and it was a great match. It's time for Mad Mike Shirt of the Week. All right. Here are the Mad Mike Shirts of the Week choices. Um, one, ladies. And ladies is, of course, spelled L-A-D-Y-S-S. Um, number two, I'm the guy you wish you were. And I actually really kind of like that one. <laughs> and number three, the man, the Bronx, the Mad Mike. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to put together a few choices of my own next week. Along with the ones that Juggler Jamie gave me. Thank you very much, sir. And, um, I think next week I'm going to see if you guys can vote on the show for, um, what my shirt is going to say. Because they surprised me with that. They said I was going to have a shirt. And I figure what better way to decide what my shirt is going to say than, um, by having the fans vote for it. Because, shit, I was a fan of the show. That's how I started out. I started listening to the show. Um, you deserve more than a shirt. I told you I'm getting you shoes. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to put together a bunch of options. Yes, I'm going to put that option into Veronica. Um, I killed a bear with my penis. Because, I mean, technically it's true. I, I don't like to brag about that, but, you know, bears are godless killing machines, and, well, my penis is an instrument of God, so I decided to strike them down. Fuck off, Dan. Fuck off and die, Dan. Um, big shout-out to Please No More in the chat room. Thank you for uh, joining the Wrestling Mayhem show. Um, and, uh, yeah, so next week, um... People are going to be allowed to vote in the chat room for what my shirt's going to say because you guys are, like, I've, I've heard people like when I call into the show and when I do stuff for it, so you guys get to pick what my shirt's going to say. Um, right now, I'm, I actually kind of like a couple of the ones that Juggle Jamie came up with. Uh, they, all of them were pretty good, actually. And, um... The one that I just killed a bear with my penis is excellent. Uh, I still like Mad Mike, very graphic, with two Fs. Um, maybe Smooth Operator. That one might also be in the listing. But um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much what we're gonna be doing here. Um, hmm. Don't exactly know where I'm going to go now because. I went into a lot of wrestling this week. Um, let's see. So, uh, are there any questions from the chat room? Because I've been talking for a very long time. In fact, going on, let's see, two and a half hours at this point. So, um, I was... I was going to wait and see if the guys are going to call in, but I don't know. I haven't heard from any of them yet. Um, is there any questions from the chat room that you guys want to ask me? Like, 
since I'm a friend of the show, how I how I got roped into this, or you know anything like that. Feel free to ask. Uh, just gonna. Um, am I a real wrestler? No, no, I'm I'm not a real wrestler. I am not even close to being a real wrestler. Uh, but thank you. That that's a compliment. I'll take it. Um, let's see. Um, what did I think of Primo last night? Uh, Primo. Um, uh, Carlito's brother. Um, I liked him, but I don't exactly know, like, um, I think he was trying too hard in his match with, um, with Charlie Haas. Uh, he did a few unnecessary flips and shit, and I didn't really think he needed to, but, um... It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, I guess. Um, it could have been better. But I think if they... I mean, they have a lot of second-generation guys on Raw right now. They have, obviously, DiBiase and Rhodes. They have Jimmy Snuka Jr. If they bring... Um, what's his name again? Primo Cologne? If they bring him in, too... I think that could be a really interesting little faction. And, um, I think it could work. I think it could work a lot. But, at this point, I don't really have, I haven't really seen enough of him to give a full opinion on him. He seems like he has some decent mic skills, which is good because, I mean, Carlito had that too. But I just hope he doesn't end up like Carlito. Uh, do I go to indie shows? Yes. Um, let's see, the indie show... There's a fed up here by me called Northeast Wrestling that I go to when they have shows. Um, it's actually a pretty decent little fed. They get a lot of big guys to come in. Um, they, they've got... I've been able to see Kurt Angle vs. Samoa Joe. Um, Christian Cage vs. Abyss. Uh, they had AJ Styles... Up there recently, they had Christopher Daniels, Chris Saban. You can go to northeastwrestling.com. They they uh, go through all the cards they've had up there. Um, through Northeast Wrestling, I got to meet a bunch of got bunch of the older guys like um, the American Dream, Duff the Road, baby, um, Sergeant Slaughter, King Kong Bundy, Jerry Lawler, Al Snow, Mick Foley, Chris Candido, Tammy Sitch, D'Lo Brown. Um, that was all at one show. A uh, bunch of guys. Uh, so if you're in the Northeast area, um, or even, I know they have some shows in Pennsylvania too, so I don't know how close it is to you guys down in Pittsburgh, but check out northeastwrestling.com. They have um, a bunch of different shows. Um, let's see. When I go down to Pittsburgh, I hit up the IWC, the International Wrestling Cartel. And, uh, they are an awesome fed. Um, been to a lot of their shows, really enjoyed it. Um, they have a lot of really established characters, a lot of which you can see if you go through the Wrestling Mayhem Show archives. 
which can be found on WrestlingMayhemShow.com. Um, a lot, I actually like a whole bunch of the workers that are coming out of there. Uh, Ricky Reyes, really good, even though he does some ROH, but I've seen him in IWC more. Um, Jimmy DeMarco, very funny guy. Very funny guy. I hope he gets to use a little bit more of his, his, um, off-air personality into his on-air stuff. Um, I love the, uh, tag teams of sexual, sexual harassment and babyface fire. Very, very good workers. Um, let's see, I just recently went to an ROH show here in New York City, and I try and hit up WWE anytime it's around. Um, <laughs> my top five matches. Ooh, that is tough. Um, well, alright, I'm not going to go in any order. But from HBK Kurt Angle at WrestleMania a couple of years ago, that match, um, I think that's as close to a dream match as we will ever get to, because we'll never get to see Kurt Angle Bret Hart. We'll never get to see that. We'll never get to see um, Undertaker vs. Sting in their primes. Um... But the Shawn Michaels Kurt Angle match, very good build, very good match. Stole the show at WrestleMania, as Shawn Michaels usually does. Um, let's see, another one of my favorite matches. Only because I was there for it live, I think. I think I had a lot to do with it. Rob Van Dam vs. Jerry Lynn at Hardcore Heaven 99. Jerry Lynn broke his nose about 10 minutes into the match, and they still went like a good... 30, 35 minutes afterwards, and it's RVD and Jerry Lynn. You know what you get with those guys, and it was really awesome. Um, another match, uh, WrestleMania 20, the triple threat um, world title match between Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Canadian Wrestler X. Excellent match. Excellent, excellent match. Um... Yes, Canadian Wrestler X is the term I use for um, Curtis Benoit, but we won't mention because he uh, kind of killed himself and his family. You know, I mean, I, I, if you want, I can make jokes about him, but I think for some people it's still a little too soon. Um, but regardless, that was still an amazing match. Uh, definitely a WrestleMania moment. Um... Um, and hearing the entirety of Madison Square Garden scream, tap, 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 to Triple H, that was awesome. Um, let's see, two more matches I consider my favorites. Um, I don't know, that's, that's a tough call. Um, hmm. Mick Foley vs. Edge, the hardcore match that they had at Mania. Um, I know... I just saw it recently, so that might be why it's fresh in my mind. But that was an amazing match. Um, had a lot of really good high spots. Told a good story. And <laughs> it, was, it was Foley's WrestleMania moment. And Foley is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, so I kind of have to include that in my list. 
Um, my final match is actually a house show match. Um, probably one of the last times Eddie ever wrestled. Um, it was a SmackDown house show up where I was born in Poughkeepsie, New York. And it was a no-holds-barred match. Eddie Guerrero versus The Undertaker. And, you know, I for a house show, Eddie and Taker worked their goddamn asses off. Um, night job. Eddie and Taker, they had about, I'd say, a 25-30 minute match. And they really, like, they wrestled like it was pay-per-view quality. Eddie was doing all of the normal Eddie gimmicks, the begging in the corner. Um, he tried doing the chair spot, but then the ref uh, tapped Eddie on the shoulder, said it was no holds barred. So that was great. Um, Eddie bladed on a house show, for God's sakes. It was, I know it's a match... No one in the chat room has ever seen. Probably n no less than two, 3,000 people actually saw the match. But it was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. And especially since it was a house show, it just shows the level of pro uh, professionalism and respect that both Eddie and Taker have for the business. So, yeah, uh, those, I would say, are my top five favorite matches, just thinking offhand. Um, any other questions? kids because I don't know if I'm going to be getting a call from the rest of the Mayhem crew because I think Smackdown is still going on as we speak oh <laughs> Bret Hart's not the greatest performer of all time <laughs> at least not in my opinion no he's not I, I don't think so um Bret Hart, Bret Hart is, I'd say, the greatest wrestler. Wrestler of all time, I'd say Bret Hart. In terms of technical skill and everything like that, I'd say Bret Hart. Um, close second and third are Benoit, or Canadian Wrestler X, and Kurt Angle. As far as greatest performer, the guy who really takes everything into account, I think it's Shawn Michaels. I think there's no other argument for it being Shawn Michaels. Edge Edge may take that spot soon, young lady. Edge may take that spot soon. But, um... Uh, let's see. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler. Just because he has a lot of technical skill, which he's shown in his matches with Kurt Angle, Bret Hart, um, Kurt Henning, Art Anderson back in the day. Um, Canadian Wrestler X, Triple H, all those guys. Um, and he is one of the, at least in my opinion, one of the, one of the best performers of all time. Sean, there, there's a reason Sean's been able to keep up his gimmick for so long. Another one that has to be up there, I'd say, is The Undertaker. And, of course, Ric Flair. Um... Okay, well, apparently Veronica's never liked Sean ever, ever, ever like Sean. Um, oh, is that WrestleFan back in the chat room? 
Oh, shut up, Dan. I'm older than you. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the one, the only... It's Mad Mike and the Wrestling Mayhem Show on Blog TV.